It's time for JT the Brick. I cannot believe I'm sitting here talking about the Raiders being better on defense than offense. I am shocked I just said that. Herbert with pressure up the middle. And he's brought down inside the five. Max Crosby. And like a bolt of lightning, took Herbert down for his second sack of the game. This offense, we demand that they wake up. Pressure up the middle. Love out of the pocket. Throws downfield for the end zone. Intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner. Picks it off in front of Watson. JT the Brick. Pressure again off the edge. And he's sent for the safety. Crosby and Nichols. The team needs a massive, massive wake-up call. That's it. Something has to happen immediately. I don't hold back on anything. I'm coming to get you. And now, good to go. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show as we open it up right here. Brought to you by Resorts World. Have you been there lately? Incredible what they have going on. You can see Carrie Underwood there. You can go to Doghouse Saloon. You can go to all the great restaurants in the food court. Wally's is great. Everything that I do there, it's fantastic. Resorts World, you can go to the top and get the best view you've ever seen. And the people there, the locals, love it. Head on out to Resorts World. Hey, there's a lot going on on that side of the strip. Led by Resorts World, they're leading the way. Go check it out. Tell them JT sent you, especially if you're going to Doghouse Saloon to watch Thursday night football, Sunday football, Saturday college football, and especially Monday night football. My conversation coming up with the head coach. Please stick around. Tweet to your friends in the Raider Nation. It's coming up here in a few minutes. Antonio Pierce in about two or three minutes, but first Raider 66. Thanks for waiting. You're up next. Start us off. Hey, you're welcome, JT, and uh, hope you're having a good day. Yep. Um, yeah, this uh, this thing with the new coaches, it's very similar to 2021. One of the callers kind of mentioned it, that you're looking at the, the uh, defensive coordinator is going to remain as the head coach of the defense. The offensive coordinator is going to remain head coach of the offense. And the head coach is going to be like the conductor keeping the orchestra together. Mm-hmm. And Rich Passaccia back in 2021 – was a very personable guy. Mm-hmm. The players loved him, and uh, he could relate to them and brought them together, and they made a playoff run. This is very possible again this year because mm-hmm. they're not that far away. I mean, if you look at if the offense had done anything against Detroit, probably would have won that game. If the offense had done anything against Pittsburgh, would have won that game. If they would have done anything against San Diego, or I'm sorry, the Chargers, mm-hmm. they would have won that game. And the thing with Mark, I, I hear a, a lot of stuff on the internet about, you know, Mark should sell the team and all this stuff. They need to understand. Raider fans like myself, this is, we say the Raiders are our life. It's a way of life. For Mark Davis, that is like so true. It, it has been his life since he was a child. He was born into this. The players were like big brothers to him, and now they're like sons to him. Many were like uncles to him, mm-hmm. and he's taken over this group. He doesn't have the ability of his dad. Nobody does. But when when you think about how much this hurts him, it hurts us as fans. But can you imagine your family going through, just say, you know, financial troubles or whatever, and, and you are just helpless to, to fix it? It hurts him that much mm-hmm. more. And people just have to understand that all they think of, you know, oh, he's a He's a, an idiot. He should sell the team. Well, look what he's done. He has brought a team that was bottom five financially in Oakland to top five in Las Vegas. He made that move. 
So he, he's got some stuff going for him. He needs maybe some uh, some more confidants mm-hmm. in picking the uh, the day to day operation of the team. But I, I love this Antonio Pierce. I was listening to his uh, his uh, press conference mm-hmm. yesterday. Man, the biggest smile on my face. That is like old school Raider. You want to run through a wall for this guy. And I think his energy and his attitude is going to draw these guys together. And they will fix this offense, hopefully behind the rookie, Aiden O'Connell. Yep, I hope and so. That's all it takes. That's all. That's all it takes. The defense, your your opening, saying you know you never thought you'd say that the defense is the strong point. I've said the same thing to friends. They go, I never thought I'd say that the Raider defense is the strongest unit of the group. But these guys are really putting it together. And if they get a little bit from the offense, I think that we can make a serious playoff run here. We'll see how what happens on Sunday. And uh, take it from there. Yep. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Me. You know, it's interesting about the playoff run. A lot of people, my dad asked me about that. My dad's 85. I talk to my dad every day. I talk to Fred Bolitnikoff every day. Freddie just got into town for his event coming up. And if the Raiders don't lose to Chicago, then Antonio Pierce is not the head coach. Josh McDaniels is easily. Josh McDaniels is not let go, even if Mark doesn't think the team's probably going in the right direction or whatever, because they're four and four. They're four and four. You don't fire in head coaches at four and four. The reason why the coach was dismissed is the last two games were horrific. They were terrible. And now it's the job of the interim head coach to pick this team up and get them to play better. And he's not an offensive head coach, but you'll hear in a moment what he's going to do to try to get this team going. But there's a chance. There is a chance here at five and five. That's really what I'm preaching. I'm not going to go down in flames if they don't get to five and five. I'll be here for you. But five and five is real. Now, I've been talking five and five since training camp. Schedule came out, and I told you five and five. I thought the Raiders could win nine or ten games. Ten the most, most likely nine. But I had them at five and five because I thought they'd win. I thought that I didn't know if they beat the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. Now that the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers, it gives them a much better chance. My conversation with head coach Antonio Pierce, he's interim head coach. I refer to him as head coach because he's coaching this team on Sunday as the head coach interim. And this is brought to you by La Casa Cigars. I'll be there on Friday, noon to 2. we got a nice remote. The Black Hole will be there. Modelo is helping us out. Ice-cold, dripping wet Modellos and Coronas on a Friday with the sun out? Talking Raider fans with Gorilla Rilla? Senior Violator? My Raider Nation friends, come on out. My conversation with the new interim head coach. We welcome in head coach Antonio Pierce. And coach, thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on this honor. Woo. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot happening. Can you take us behind the scenes of the last 48 hours or so from the time Mark Davis made that decision and had the conversation with you? Yeah, just trying to get, um, really just trying to rally the troops. You know, get everybody's you know, chin up, head up get the spirit back, uh, get the purpose of why we do what we do as coaches, as players, as, as employees of the Las Vegas Raiders. And at the end of the day, just understand it's a business. I mean, at the end of the day, we had some of, all of us are getting fired, right? Yeah. It's going to end. Everything's going to end. And, and when, it, when it happens, you just move on and do it with grace and be, pry out, be proud of what you've accomplished and what you've done up to that point. I thought what was really interesting, there's so much going on here, is there were other capable men here and you were chosen by the owner. How did that feel and that conversation by Mark because of where the record is and what he expects you to get done the rest of the way? Yeah, humbled. Humbled, honored, um, not shocked. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a born leader. I'm a raised champion. I was raised right. Um, never given anything. 
But the one thing I've done my entire life is when I've been given the opportunity, try to knock it out the park. Let's get into the story at the press conference about your early memories as a Raider. What was that like specifically? Let's dive into that. Your earliest memory, you mentioned Compton and in L.A. when you first remember the colors, the shield, and the silver and black. Yeah, growing up in Compton, that's the favorite hat and colors you'll see from everybody down the street with the hats and the starter jackets, if anybody knows about uh, the 80s. But um, more importantly, just I remember Marcus Allen, first and foremost, that Super Bowl against the Redskins. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, okay. I, I want to be a running back. A couple years later, here come Bo Jackson. I said, oh, oh, God, okay. I might be a running back, but I'm not going to be that fast. And then you start watching the defensive players and Howie Long and just the, just the style of play. It matched the, the area that I grew up in. It matched uh, the environment that I was used to seeing. And what I loved it was the brash, the, the men of how connected they were with one another, how they looked like they played for one another, and they had fun doing it. I love that. So that had an imprint on you. And then we get to Mr. Davis, Al Davis at that time, and the image and the way he dressed and looked and how the Raiders were winning. Swaggy. Yeah. Swaggy, right? Not too many owners uh, were coming out in all white and looking like that, the slick hair, the glasses. I mean, it was, um, it was just a certain aura and presence about the, the, the Raiders and Mr. Davis and the way they carried themselves that, you know, growing up, I'm like, all right, my, my first team wasn't the Raiders, though, for who I played for. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, it was the, the Niners. I'm like, you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> I wish I could change the colors, but uh, you always wanted, I always wanted to be in that silver and black, man. You know, that was always something I, I kind of dreamed of. Did that affect you as a young, I mean, did you start at Pop Warner? What was the big breakout moment in your career as a young player before junior college? We know about your high school career and then Arizona. When did you fall in love with football? Uh, when my mom finally allowed me to play organized football. Yeah, yeah. okay. From getting hit by the cars, the parked cars on the side of the road, you know, <laughs> in the streets and the lights going dark. Um, just for the first time, I you know put those cleats on on the grass and and just that that team feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the only child, so you know when you get with a team, especially in Pop Warner, you got what thirty or so players. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I had thirty brothers. You know, and then that started to grow when you get to high school. You got more guys on your team, and then you know next thing you know that that was my passion and just inflicting pain and having ill intent. I love that part of the game. I think your story as a player before we get to you as a head coach now is really unique because after Arizona going undrafted and then becoming a pro bowler and then winning a Super Bowl, Coach, I really believe that's so relatable in this building, in this locker room, to every undrafted player, practice squad player. Does that connect you even more? Yeah, I mean, I, I told him. I've walked pretty much every form of life. Started at the bottom, got to the top. <laughs> I popped the champagne bottles. You know, I've been down in the parade, having yeah. some champions down in New York, you know, um, I know what it looks like, you know, the good and bad. I've been on bad teams. I've been on great teams. So I've had my career ended with an injury, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I've gone through change with coaches, changing teams, you know, having different coordinators each and every year when I was with the Redskins, excuse me, the commanders now. So, you know, I'm used to changing and adapting. You know, I always call myself a chameleon. Love it. Uh, I love also what's been happening with your style because you mentioned your mentors, Marvin Lewis, going back to Tom Coughlin. Let's talk about that and who had the big influence on your life to put you in this position now as the coach of the Raiders. All the men. I started my rookie year, Marty Schottheimer. Wow. Yeah. A man's man. You know, I'm a 21-year-old rookie, and I'm in there with Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, Big Daddy Wilkinson, Jeff George. Jam Bailey, I keep going on and on. It's like, wow. 
I'm an ever-grown man, but he, he taught me what it was like to be a pro, how to study, how to take the game serious. And he always talked, and I was fortunate to play with, like, LeVar Aronson, right, a very talented linebacker. And he would always tell us, hey, all of us can't look and, you know, run like LeVar, but we all can be smart. We all can study the game. We all can be a student of the game. And that really had an impact on my career. Uh, and then Marvin Lewis, uh, just his calmness, the way he prepped, the way he managed people. Um, then was fortunate with Joe Gibbs when he came back. And then I had Greg Williams. The mad scientist, draw it up, blitz him, no fear, uh, confident, uh, really brought a different um, – he brought the best out of me, to be honest, as a player. And then I got to New York, and it was Tom Coughlin. Wow. So, okay, this is different, you know. It was very militant, by the be, book. Be on time. Be on – no, no. Ten minutes <laughs> Five minutes early. Like, you know, back then you couldn't change your, your iWatch, your, your phone. You know, right. That didn't change, yeah. so you had to go off his time. So that, that took some adapting, but it, the, just the – the structure, the environment, the attention to details. And then it took some time to create those relationships with the players over two years. And then we finally hit the jackpot. We won the Super Bowl. But then I asked Steve Spagnola. And um, that's where the mind games really came into play. You know, being able to dictate to offenses, being able to read what you're seeing and then adapting and, and doing it on the fly and having all 11 guys on the same page. But then having that connection with your coordinator – that he allowed, you know, myself as a player and as a linebacker, um, middle linebacker, to make those adjustments. One more thing about being a player, your signature tackle, <clears throat> and you had many of them against the Packers on the way to winning a Super Bowl. And I was at that Super Bowl. I'm a body language guy, and I remember your body language during a game and how you were up, and you were always on the sideline after talking to the coaches. Are you going to demand that from these players, to have that energy on the sideline when they're ready to go, pull for other teammates, and just play more upbeat and show yourself that way? Remember I told you I was the only child, right? Yeah. So on game day, got our 20-plus coaches, got our 53 men on the roster, plus the guys on the practice squad, and that's what I expect to see from our sideline. The energy and the juice and have fun, man. Have fun. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have fun. We'll lay it out. At the end of the day, you know, the results are going to be where they're going to be after 60 minutes. But, damn it, we're going to have fun doing it. Now, letting your coaches that are here and your teammates and these individuals help you along the way and the style of coaching. You haven't coached a game yet as a head coach, but what do you envision is going to be your style, having meetings, getting together with these coaches and letting them coach? Exactly that. Mm-hmm. Letting them coach. Let everybody do their job. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's your profession. I didn't go to school for that. I graduated school of football. That's the school I graduated from. Yeah. Yeah, I went to, yeah, don't get me wrong. I didn't went to college. <laughs> but I majored in football and people. And I'm allowing our coordinator to do what he does, our officer coordinator, our strength staff, our medical staff, our, our people behind the scenes, our PR. Everybody do their job. Yeah. And I'll do my job. We all stay in our lanes, and we'll come together, and we'll make it a nice a nice fist, and hopefully that thing good thing get to get everybody going. Are you excited about the opportunity to make adjustments? Because you've been a part of that and a leader in the locker room. And now when you meet the team to go out in the third quarter, Coach, I can't imagine, A, how fired up you're going to be, but making those adjustments so the team can change on the fly. Yeah, well, we know we got to do that. Yeah. It's every game. It's no different than I was a linebacker coach mm-hmm. a few days ago. Um, that's part of the game. That's expected. That's anticipated. It's just what can we do? And that's what I really want to focus on. What can we do? Now, I don't want to know what we can do. What can we do? And let's just do that a little bit better and do it to our full ability. As we wrap this up, what was your first meetings like, not just with the team, but the captains? Do you, do you envision yourself talking to leaders individually, the team in general, and how you adjust with these great leaders who are captains of your team? Everybody in the building. It's going to take this building to win. Not the players, not the coaches, the janitor, yeah. <laughs> the cooks. 
I just talk yourself. to them. They're fired up. No, everybody. And mm-hmm. I, I've been like that since I got here. You know, you, you speak to everybody because that's what, that's what gets this building going. That's what gets everybody excited to, to show up on Sunday at 125 when we're ready to kick somebody's ass. Right? That kind of energy. Let's get to the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is very good running the football, and he's made every big throw, won a playoff game against Minnesota and Kirk Cousins last year. But the name that jumps out is Saquon Barkley. And as a former linebacker on the defensive side, you saw Tiki have a massive game in Oakland back in the day. And getting this guy on the ground, as some of the linebackers are down, you're going through players in protocol. How do you have this team surround a very dangerous runner who can do damage? Yeah, it's got to be roll call. It's not going to be one man. You know, I mean, this is a a freak. You know what I mean? He's a very talented running back. We have a lot of respect for him. Uh, But it's going to take all 11. They understand. That's why it's called team defense. Uh, I expect our guys to fly around. You know what you're going to get from Max. You know what you're going to get from Spillane and Epps and all those guys. But we need the rest of the, the troops to rally around them and, and get them on the ground. And, you know, like everybody else, the more you know, blows you can get on the body, the more you'll wear them down. And your first big decision was Aiden O'Connell. You have a lot of decisions that are happening behind the scenes, but that one was a big one. What do you expect from this young man? Hey, you know what? He's talented. He's sharp. You watch more than everyone. Again, I'm on the defensive side, right, the last few weeks. And um, very sharp, very poised. Always, always paying attention. First one of the first guys in the building every day. You know, you wouldn't know that from a rookie. He sits there and he's by himself. Next thing you know, he's got this paper and he's studying. <laughs> Hell, he's, just, he's a third-string quarterback, but he's, he's working like he's a starter. Uh, just thought it would be an opportunity for him. But Jimmy knows this. You know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's – we don't need Jimmy at some point this season. Yeah. Jimmy's a leader. Jimmy's a captain. We brought Jimmy here to, to do such so and to help us win games. And he's going to help us win games on Sunday with his experience and knowledge and helping Aiden. And when it's his turn, he'll go as well. Last one, Coach, your message to the Raider Nation. Show up, because we're going to show up. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. Show up, because we're going to show up. That is Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach. Hope you enjoyed that. He had a lot to say. I was very interested in his journey. Uh, The next couple of conversations we have, we'll get into more X's and O's. I think this was more about an introduction to him and the story and how he got this gig and what his philosophies are going to be there. But you heard at the end, he wants Jimmy G to be ready because he said we're going to need Jimmy G. Called Saquon Barkley a freak. Got to get him on the ground. Al Davis, uh, what happened back in his youth there, playing Pop Warner, an only child. He has seven kids and a wife. He was an only boy, and how he learned and fell in love with football. Really enjoyed that part of the story. I think he's going to be a highly motivated guy. That's not hard to see. How is he going to coach? We're going to see. Seems like everybody is going to be free to coach their unit, to really have good ideas and let the players have more fun and be more free with the schedule and do all that. And that's not a crack on the former head coach. It was a very stringent, very unique situation with the former head coach, and I think he's going to change here because he needed to change. The locker room needs a burst. Now, Devontae just spoke. If we can get anything out of that, we might get it. Aiden O'Connell is about to speak, and we're going to get that live. We're going to carry Aiden O'Connell as he is going to be the starting quarterback going forward here. So stick around for that, and then a good time to dial in so I can get you here. I just played to the head coach. I'm the only guy to speak to him. Very lucky to have that seat. Now I need your reaction to our conversation. What jumped out at you from Antonio Pierce and what you expect from him? It's a good topic. What are your expectations for the Giant game? Because then we're going to see what happens after the Giant game. But it's a big spot for him. Remember, Jeff Saturday won as interim coach. Historically, interim coaches get a spark and they win, and they don't sustain it. I have a feeling he can sustain it. He's going to coach differently. Maybe the locker room needs a different style of coach. He's the first to get his shot. 
702-365-9200. Thanks again to the new interim head coach on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Garoppolo tonight is 6 of 14 on a Renfro motion slot left. Jimmy pointing at the line with his left hand. Shotgun snap. The Lions bring the seven right through the middle. Off his back foot for Adams down the sideline, and he threw it out of bounds. Devontae Adams had gotten beyond. Kirby Joseph slid over in coverage, and if Jimmy could somehow float that into the middle of the field, Devontae's going to have a 98-yard touchdown. Speaking of Devontae, Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted out of the Raiders locker room, there's a new addition in the Raiders locker room, a Nerf hoop. And Devontae's playing Nerf one-on-one. I can't tell who he's in there with, but Devontae's playing Nerf hoop. That's a new addition. I don't know if that's the new style of the coach. Have fun and a little bit looser in the locker room here, but Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted that out. JT, back with you. So Devontae spoke. We're going to wait for the quarterback, and we'll play that if we get it here, and there's a lot more to get to here. So we want everybody to keep rolling here. It's the first time that we're taking calls on a new interim head coach in Antonio Pierce. We'll get to everyone. Uh, Jorge in San Jose, you're up next. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, please. Hey, JT. Thanks for yep. taking my call. Yeah. You know, last time I called into your show, it was the, the last time that Daniels uh, was our head coach, and mm-hmm. I backed him up that day, um, and I said that I was going to support him. But, you know, I think it became clear that um, there were these moments that a lot of coaches always talk about how there's, and players do, and people on the radio, that there's a game within a game. And I think Antonio Pierce really understands that. And unfortunately, the last couple of weeks, Somehow, some way, it slipped through Josh McDaniels' fingers, and I think Mark Davis ultimately believed that he he wasn't going to be able to rise to that moment, and uh, if it, you know whether it happened again, and who knows, it might happen again this this year. But I think what I'm just really excited about is that coach really understands that there's always got to be a mental preparation, mm-hmm. and I feel like on the defensive side this year. I want to give credit to him, even as a linebacking coach, that he elevated our room. I know that that was one of the biggest weaknesses, and mm-hmm. we didn't do so much to address it, but he was able to really uh, step up and inspire this defense. And I think you've shown it, see, uh, you've seen it week after week. Now, on the offensive side, I think that was kind of lost, especially mm-hmm. after that first drive against the Bills, where the offense, like, let's be honest, it looked great. It was like first down after first down, and then you get a Jacoby Myers touchdown. Like that, I felt like was a big missing piece. And I don't think the Raiders have really jump started their offense at the beginning of the game. And so I really hope that uh, uh, Coach Antonio Pierce is going to be able to to fire up this offense to get it going, to get it to where it needs to be. I think it's realistic to that uh, to say that the Raiders could be five and five, and especially if they're going to play complimentary football. I think good things can happen, JT. So yeah, I, I would hope so. It's going to be interesting how he turns the offense over to the offensive coaches and how they work with Aiden O'Connell. I will tell you one thing: if you weren't a fan of Josh McDaniels, I guarantee you, Josh McDaniels did a good job of getting Aiden O'Connell ready. That's what he was known for. Josh McDaniels, former coach, his quarterback room, where you saw guys such as Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer in the past, and when they were younger. 
and other quarterbacks that had to learn on the fly. And hopefully Aiden O'Connell got a lot out of Josh McDaniels while he was here. And he'll be ready to go Sunday. He's got to be ready to play a big game on Sunday because the Giants could get the lead. Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones is a really unique quarterback. He doesn't play big in big games, but there are games you turn on and watch him make every throw, and then he runs for 30 yards. Got to tackle Daniel Jones. If he gets open and takes off, and we got a couple of players in concussion protocol, and the linebacker room is lean. They bring in Jalen Smith. They're trying to get other players to come in here in bodies to play on this roster. Antonio Pierce will have the defense ready. I just hope the offense, if they have to get in a shootout, Aiden can do that, and he should be able to do that with Devontae. Reggie's in Compton, where Antonio Pierce is talking about that neighborhood a bunch. Hello, Reggie. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Yeah, everybody here in Compton is very excited for Coach Pierce. Um, I didn't personally know him, but people in the neighborhood know him. You know, I'm just thinking about uh, this situation, though, with Mark Davis and, you know, the reckoning that had to happen and the move to just get rid of McDaniels and company. You know, I, I just find it very interesting. And as he's doing this, you know, there's one more thing that comes to mind is there's some other things that need to change in this Raider Nation and in, in the organization. Personally, I believe there's some people there that still are there that need to go, and I think you're one of them. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm here, buddy, and uh, we saw you coming a mile away. That's why we got you. And, uh, again, I, if, if you like to say that, Reggie, I'm at the torch. I'm at the torch. You can find me at the torch. Raider Dave in Denver. How you doing, Dave? What's happening? Hey, man, I think that this is a great move. I'm super happy with what uh, Mark has done, and he's shown that he's got the DNA of his dad. If this doesn't show it by pulling the plug this early in the season and trying to rectify something to where this team can get together, I don't know what else does. And the fact that he almost hired these guys, or the GM, you know, before anyway. So Raider Nation to me is like a, you know, a sea of pebbles. We're everywhere. And that pebble is something that gets caught in your shoe, and you know it's there. You may not have to take your shoe off and pull it away, but I think these coaches, these staff members, they all have that pebble that represents us in their shoe. They're keeping us in mind, and I think it's going to make a huge difference. Hopefully he takes the same three rules that uh, John Madden did, and you can find them online. It's a 17-second deal, and I'll just quickly tell you. It's show up on time, listen, and play like hell when I tell you it's play like hell on Sundays. And I am looking so forward to the Raider game this weekend. I am too. There's a lot of fans that I talk to that are really excited about this game, and they weren't excited about it. I'm always going. I'm always excited as a season ticket holder for those who needed a little pep in their step, wanted to come out there, tailgate early. Got a big reason to do that. If you wanted to change, this is what you wanted, and a lot of fans told me this is what they wanted I would assume the crowd is going to be locked in and it should be a festive atmosphere at home. No matter who the coach is, I'm excited to be in the building. Uh, this guy, Antonio Pierce, who I just spoke to, you heard the interview, is he, he needs you in there. As he said, get in there. He needs you at yeah, the and game. I, and I think that uh, having O'Connell creates excitement for the entire yep. fan base. It's going to be great to watch the kid come out and play. And he's going to play like hell. I just know it. Yep, thank you for the call. Appreciate it very much. Speaking of Aiden O'Connell, he's at the podium. Let's go live to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, Aiden, what's the past like seventy-two hours been like for you? Uh, obviously, a little crazy. Um, you know, just a lot going on around here and nothing I've been a part of before. I had one coach my whole time in college, so it's all pretty foreign to me. So, you know, just trying to um, take it day by day, really minute by minute, um, and try to enjoy as much as I can. 
Dean, I know nothing's promised beyond this week, but it feels like they're giving you a chance to go out there and, and show that you can be the guy moving forward uh, for the rest of the season. Does that change the mindset a little bit from what you experienced against the Chargers where it was kind of an emergency situation? You know, I think um, you try to take one play at a time no matter what the situation is. And um, because it's football, it could be your last play at any play. And so um, you try to take advantage of, of every opportunity. And um, it's all the same with this one. You have experience now preparing as a starter, being a starter, um, you know, against the Chargers. Uh, how much does that help now going into this week and this game? Yeah, I think it was definitely a valuable experience for me. Um, I got to, you know, know what it's like, you know, day before the game, day of the game, um, to be the guy that was going to play and then obviously have that experience in game. But, you know, at the same time, it's a completely new team, new scheme we're playing against. So, um, you know, it's a different challenge. Any go-to game day routines? Um, I actually purposely don't have any routines because I, I don't want to not be able to do it and get in my head about it. So I'm, I'm purposely, yeah, no, not superstitious or anything like that. How's the support uh, of your teammates um, been, you know, since being named the starter? Yeah, it's been um, awesome, you know, definitely overwhelming to know the guys have, have my back and super supportive both vocally and, you know, how they treat me and stuff. And so... Um, that, that gives me a lot of confidence in myself, and you know I appreciate that a lot from them. I'm sure there's a relationship that you built with Bo being your position coach. Uh, how does that kind of help that transition from now that he's the play caller? Yeah, I think you know he's the coach I've spent the most time with here. He obviously runs our position meetings, and then um, you know I'm with him a lot extra. And so um, he's been awesome for me ever since I got here in uh, OTAs and rookie mini camp. He's been super helpful, and you know coached me and. Um, teach me, correct me, all the things that I've needed. So I'm um, super excited for him as well and the opportunity for him. There's probably no book that's written that you could turn to to kind of guide you through uh, any of this. So what do you uh, sort of rest on or rely on to get, to get you know, to, to deal with what you're about ready to deal with? Yeah, I think um, for me it's my faith. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I think that um, in, in the good and bad in life there's a plan and, um, you know, the Lord has obviously brought me to this point, and I've learned more than anything that when he wants me to play, I'll play, and when he doesn't, I won't. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely rest in that. that. That allows me to sleep easy at night. When did you, I mean, officially find out? Can you walk us through the conversation you had with Antonio, and how has it been having him in these last couple of days? Uh, yeah, it was obviously a, a crazy few days, and so we found out yesterday, and, um, you know, these conversations happen quick because, you know, we got to get going and start getting to work. And so, um, you know, they've, again, voiced their confidence in me and been super supportive of me from um, AP to Champ and Bo all, all alike. So, um, again, just them being confident in me and, and showing that uh, verbally has been huge for me. Having one start already, how important is that so it's not completely new going in? Yeah, I think the the experience is super valuable for me. I think the game reps are priceless, and I, I definitely learned a lot and got to, you know, take what I learned and try to apply it to practice. And um, again, it's it's also now a different challenge and different team we're going against. So, um, you know, at the same time you can reflect on it, but you know you got to take the challenge as it comes. The Giants have ten sacks in two games. Just what is it about the defensive front that's so difficult to de uh, defend? Yeah, I think it's it's the, just the players. They have great players up front that you know play really hard and. Um, our dynamic, and so um, you know we're going to have to do a great job of playing hard and uh, matching their intensity and, and executing. With see calling plays, how, how much of an adjustment is it going to be in terms of the communication part, and do you work on that in practice this week so it kind of transitions on Sunday? Yeah, I think you know it's, it'll be new for both of us. Obviously, I, I haven't played a lot in this league, and it's just, 
um, Bo's first time really calling plays, and so it'll be um, a new adjustment for both of us that we're obviously working on in practice. And um, he's, he is my position coach, so I've obviously communicate with him a lot. I know what he's thinking on a lot of different things, so um, it's been helpful to, even if it's not a practice, just be able to communicate with him and, and hear what he's thinking. Was there time for you to at least for a moment think that starting quarterback on board, or is there just no time? Uh, yeah, there's no time, no time for that. It's it's like I said before, really one day, one hour, one minute at a time, trying to, you know, fit everything you can in the day. I know, I know that you know the opportunity comes all different ways, uh, and in this case, you know, kind of replacing a veteran and, and Jimmy. Have you guys had a chance to talk at all? Has he given you any advice or anything like that? Yeah, Jimmy, since I've been here, has been super supportive and. Um, you know, I obviously ask him questions, and even without me asking um, or prompting him, he, he gives me advice and has helped me, again, since I've been here for months. And so it's been really awesome to watch him and watch him work and play. And, you know, he's been, again, super supportive. So um, that's, it's, it's awesome that, to have a guy like that that I know has my back. Aiden, random question. Today is the day of the day. Dia de los Muertos in our Latin culture. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Yep. Through Coco and I know Coco. Book of yeah. Life now. <laughs> we discovered. Um, so if there was somebody in that has left you um, that you could select to come back, you know, to speak to today, what who would it be and what would you say to them? Um, yeah, definitely my, my older brother Sean. Um, uh, just give him a hug. Yeah, we'd we miss him. What do you think he'd say to you today? Um I think he'd be super, super excited. He was, um, you know, one of my biggest fans and, you know, loved this whole experience that I'm, I'm getting to have the opportunity to, to do. And so, you know, I think he'd be super proud and, um, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, there's been a lot of talk about how the box is stacked for Josh Jacobs. Hard to get the running game going a little bit. Safety's playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Do you feel like you'll be able to to maybe push the ball downfield and open things up in that regard for Josh in the running game? You know, I think the, the run game and the pass game have to complement each other. Um, I think you need to do a good job on both to, you know, again, they, they complement each other. So when you get one going, you normally are able to get the other one going. So I think we have to do a good job in both, just executing, um, taking one play at a time and, you know, knowing the situation and, and being smart situ situationally. So, um, like I said, Josh can get going and, um, you know, all the confidence in our offensive line and the rest of the offense that we're going to be able to do that. All right, that's Aiden O'Connell. That's a portion of that. And some interesting questions there as faith is very important to him. That's brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Build your legend. Charles has an unbelievable brand. He has several amazing brands, but he's a proud partner of our show here. And Charles, who speaks a lot on Fox Sports, he has appearances all over the country. He has several businesses. We are proud to be associated with Charles Woodson and Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Remember, if it's not your go-to whiskey, make it your go-to whiskey. When you go to any establishment here in town, ask for it. If they don't have it, get in touch with me. We'll get in touch with Charles, who I communicate with often when he's in town. If he's out of town, WoodsonBourbonWhiskey.com. Find out about it throughout the valley here. An excellent bourbon whiskey, and Charles and his team, we can't thank him enough for their partnership here on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. So that's where we are. You heard from a lot of people today. My exclusive with the head coach, you just heard from Aiden O'Connell here. It's go time. New York Giants are in town. I'm happy the Giants are here, and it's a home game instead of his first start on the road at Kansas City or on the road in a more of a hostile environment. But if he can get up to speed here and have an explosive game, we haven't had one game this year with the Raiders scored over 20 points. One. 
on offense. And what happened in Detroit, they had a pick six with Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters had better stats going to the end zone than the majority of the Raiders' offense. That can't happen again. The Raiders need an explosive game. I I would believe from my conversation with Antonio Pierce, he's going to dictate to the offense, go have fun, go take shots, go be aggressive. Everybody knows why the former coach isn't here anymore. It's because of that. And this team has to be looser and more explosive on the offensive side. I thought they were very conservative. As I said, it's no disrespect. I don't think they had enough clutch plays this year. What do I mean by a clutch play? I'm talking third and 13, and you run that route 15 yards and catch the ball. Not check down. Not check down so you can punt. Go after the sticks. Go after the end zone. Throw it in the end zone. And the most important thing, Play faster with up-tempo. I talked to Coach about body language. If you're rested and you're okay, get the hell off the bench and walk to the sideline, watch the game from the sideline with your teammates. Come in and pat your teammates on the back. Come out on the field after a score. Do what you got to do. Look like a different team on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, and I expect them to. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up with you. I'd like to get you up here before the top of the hour, 702-365-9200. If you're coming tomorrow to Tivoli Village, real easy to get to from Summerlin Parkway. You can come down Rampart if you're coming from Summerlin, coming from Henderson. Give yourself a little time. This place is amazing. It's a beautiful venue. Outside, inside, the weather's outstanding. Have a cigar. If you like a cigar, have a Modelo or a Corona. Check out their whiskeys and scotch. That's tomorrow, noon to 2 at La Casa Cigar Lounge. Under third, two out. Here's an 0-1 to Simeon. It's a four spot. It would be a fitting final touch to this run for the Rangers. That's Fox as the Rangers end up winning the World Series. JT, back with you. Thanks for coming back. We're brought to you by our great friend Tommy White and the 872 Laborers. Building the city on time and on budget. A lot of construction. A lot of things being built here. I know people are freaking out about F1. Uh, tonight, i got to be at the stadium. I'm excited. I'm hosting a Chalk Talk with Rod Woodson. One of the great, I always say when I introduce Rod, he's not one of the top 100 players of all time. He's one of the top 25 players of all time. So my day started off interviewing Antonio Pierce. It's going to end with an interview with Rod Woodson. Uh, that is a blessing. I want to hear from Bruce Bochy. I'm a big Boch guy. Met him at Nine Steakhouse years ago. Remember Nine Steakhouse? Now Chef Barry has Barry's downtown at Circa. And John O'Donnell, the legendary bartender, is over at One Steak over at Virgin. But I met Boch at the bar at Nine Steakhouse back in the day. And now he has four World Series. You now look at the list of managers who have won four more World Series. And we're talking Joe McCarthy, Casey Stingle, Connie Mack. Walter Austin, Joe Torre, and Bruce Bochy. What does it mean to you to be on that list? Whew. It, you know, it's a little really overwhelming uh, because of what those, you know, those men accomplish. Uh, I did uh, run into Joe Torre a couple of days ago at the hotel and got to speak with him and what he did, the championships. Uh, you look at that and you know that you're benefiting from so many people, you know, wells dug by others. And and so for me to get in this situation, uh, again, very fortunate, uh, but to, 
be mentioning those names. Yeah, I, I never thought my wildest dreams when I started managing that I'd be in this position. Or playing with the Las Vegas Stars here in Vegas. He's got a lot of friends in town. Roger in Vegas before Gangster. Roger, what's happening? Go ahead. Hey, JT. Enjoy your show very you. much. Uh, I know I don't know a whole lot that goes beyond the scenes and mm-hmm. stuff, but my question is I wondered why they knew Chase Young and the other mm-hmm. defensive men were available. And Washington just about gave them away. They did. And we sure could have used one of them. I'm surprised that we didn't. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to, and I appreciate it. it's a fair question, talk to Dave Ziegler before he was dismissed because I think that was a pretty cheap deal. But you got to sign him long term. And the Raiders aren't in the market for a rental. And they have Max Crosby, and they drafted Tyree Wilson. So that's not a necessity. The bigger necessity is Antonio Pierce has got to get Tyree Wilson going. Okay, he's taken seventh overall to be an edge rusher. He's got to wake up now and get going. I think he's a good player. God, the guy's a freak when you see him in the locker room. He's a freak. But they got to get him going, and hopefully he plays at a higher level. Gangster Raider, you can wrap it up for us. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say that I'm pumped about um, the new uh, Antonio Pierce being the head coach because he's from the land. He's from L.A., Compton area, and he, you're going to see the difference in the head coaches. And also, I want to say, I'll be in town next week, um, JT, because it's my son's birthday. We'll be celebrating his 21st birthday next Thursday mm-hmm. at the Raider Tavern and Grill at 6 o'clock on November 9th. You know what I'm saying? Have everybody meet me up there. You know what I'm saying? And also, I want to say um, that it's a good thing because I think with um, AP taking over and O'Connell getting ready to start, it could be the perfect storm because O'Connell is not the average rookie. He, he, he started five years in college, and he got a lot of metal to him. And AP, you, he, you see he's a real one. He's a real Raider from day one. So I think it would be the perfect storm for us like last time. Remember last time we had the debacle with Ruggs. We had the um, debacle with Chandler this year. We had to change coaches. We changed coaches, and we can get to the playoffs. It might be the perfect storm, you know what I'm saying, and he's from L.A. Last time we won the Super Bowl, we was in L.A., you know what I'm saying, and the Super Bowl's in Vegas this year. So – and Raider Nation, let's get behind it. We can we can still do it. And I, I see a similar thing happen like it did in 2021. Oh, I don't want to take too much of your time, JT. But for all the fans that, um, that spoke out at the games, the ones that was banned, can we get that ban lifted for them since McDaniel's been fired? Can you check that out for me, JT? Yeah, I'm not let me che- get a Raiders. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm not checking out anything. I'm running a radio show. I'm not behind the scenes politically at the stadium or who sits where or who flies in and who's allowed to buy a ticket from out of town. That's not me. I just hope everybody goes there and has a really good time. And very optimistic phone call about going on a run and making the playoffs. No one would be happier than me, but they got to kind of run the table. It's getting to the point at 3-5 and five where you got to start winning a lot, and it's got to start against the Giants. Juan in Corona, California. Go ahead. Hey, JT. First time calling. Uh, just a couple things, um, you know, like you, I, I felt the same way, exactly the same way that you felt going into the season about our offense, just mm-hmm. high powered, and obviously we didn't deliver the expectations. But uh, my question for you, not not necessarily tied into that, is I know a lot of our, uh, you know, our Hall of Famers and, and veterans that you you talk to and deal with. How many of those did you talk to, and how many of those do you think you know spoke to Mark and said, "Hey, man, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something about this"? Team. No idea. We'll- no idea. I, I appreciate the call. I got to run. I, no idea. Mark talks to the alumni often. Those conversations are, are private with Mark. I know Charles Woodson, Tim Brown. Uh, I know guys are vocal. I've talked to Marcus Allen. I'll see Rod Woodson tonight. Hey, one of the things I'm going to do in my chalk talk tonight, 
with Rod Woodson is ask him about the coaching change. Normally I interview these guys and, I, hey, well, how was it like as a kid? How'd you become a football player? How'd you become an All-American? How'd you get to the Hall of Fame? Well, tonight we have a chalk talk, and I'm going to be able to ask Rod Woodson some questions about what's it like when there's an infusion of a new coach or an interim coach or something like this happens, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say on that. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Thanks for all of our guests. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow, noon to 2 at La Casa Cigars. At this time tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'll be smoking a, I don't know what I'll be smoking, a Romeo and Julieta? Well, I smoke, or a, Dev, a Rocky Patel. I'll have a Rocky Patel. I'll have an ice-cold Modelo, and I'll get ready for the Bolitnikovs. Tomorrow's a big day. Come out and support Raider Nation, Modelo, La Casa Cigars at Tivoli Village. We're on the air from noon to 2. Come early, stay late. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Q was in the locker room. He'll have a lot to say. He always has a big show. I'll see you tomorrow at La Casa Cigars.